Welcome to Canvas, an FBI radio podcast unframing art and ideas. This podcast was recorded on Turrbal, Yagara and Gadigal land. FBI radio recognises the traditional custodians of the land and their continuous connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders past and present. My name is Aisha and today on Canvas we're chatting with Bo James. Bo James talks about their performance background, advice to their younger self, and reflects upon the way that things have or haven't changed during their time in the arts industry. We also hear from Bo James about two upcoming works that they've programmed for the Sydney Opera House, Mary Mary and Always Here, 50 Years of Black Theatre. So hi everyone, my name's Bo James. I'm the head of First Nations programming here at the Sydney Opera House. I'm from the Mananjali clan of the Yugambeh Nation from southeast Queensland. Um, with also links to Kwandamooka, Stradbroke Island Mob. I'm part of the programming team that sits within Sydney Opera House Presents. And of course, as my, my title says, First Nations Programming. And you also work as, or have worked as a performer. And what kind of work did you do as a performer? Yes, yeah, so I have a background actually in circus, physical theatre. And in Brisbane, performed with uh, Volcano Women's Circus, I performed with Circus Oz, many different groups. I also did my one-person show called 30 Years in a Suitcase many years ago. And way back in, oh, 2001, actually, I got a, a grant from Lord Mayor Jim Sawley at the time to go overseas and study clowning. So really, clowning and physical theatre is my, my practice. And I actually did a show in 2019 with the Opera House before I started work here, written by Rhoda Roberts, called Natives Go Wild. Oh, I remember when that was on. That was fantastic. Yeah, it was great to be part of that show. I hadn't worked in an ensemble in quite a long time. I'd been doing solo shows around town. So to be involved back in an ensemble with such a great story uh, that Rotary pulled together around Barnum and Bailey and their taking of First Nations people for acts. Yeah, it was really great. It was a great experience. But oh, look, I was born a performer. I was performing for my mum and my dad and my sisters in between the ad breaks on television. I'd get three minutes to do a show and then I'd have to sit back down. But yeah, it really was, performance has always been a really important part of me and very physical. So what advice would you give to your younger self? I think for me, what has kept me grounded is never forget yourself and where you come from in your performance either. I do a lot of what we would call underground club work and performances, and they are what really keeps me alive and keeps me informed and keeps me in touch with myself in order to bring myself to a job like this. I think sometimes you can get swept up within these institutions and you start thinking you have to be a certain way or you need to provide stuff in a certain way, you know, and really these institutions are looking for this difference. They're they're looking for different points of view. They're looking for different voices. And I think the other thing too is surround yourself with strong people and strong mentors that you can reach out to and talk to because sometimes in these jobs too if you're the only you know black fella sitting in these chairs it can become very isolating so having those sounding boards having people that you can have open honest conversations with that's helped me through the years of, of knowing the people I can reach out to and check in with and that you can talk to. In all your time in the arts industry have things changed? Have you seen a noticeable change? And if so, in what way? It's changing slowly. I mean, for all our First Nations stuff, right, we would love it to change a lot quicker. We are still in this space where these 
institutions having to think about how they engage with us and how it's led by our voices and how important that is and to make First Nation stuff quite a priority, you know, in, in your um, remit, in your, in your organisation. So I think it's slowly getting better. Sometimes when I think it's not and then, you know, I see a group speak up or speak out or an organisation take on things and I go, there it is, it's working. It's slowly hugging along, you know, and there's a, a beautiful moment in the, the photographic exhibition that I'll speak to you um, about shortly, I'm sure, of one of those aha moments for me where you go, oh, has much changed? And then in this exhibition, yeah, you can see that there's been change. I must say there are hard spaces to be in sometimes. You get tired. I think, you know, having that time for yourself too and, and being okay with that, just take a step back sometimes because these, as we said, these institutions who are just churning constantly, you know, they're big, massive beasts. So stepping out sometimes and just taking a breath is also very important. And I would say too, taking your time. You know, they move so quickly and we're always rushed, but I think it's so important to take time and reflect and it's okay to do that especially with what we want to deliver into these spaces. You've programmed an exhibition called Always Here, 50 Years of Black Theatre. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It's a free exhibition. It's in the Benelong Passage as you enter the bottom theatres. Uh, 50 years ago in 1972, Black Theatre, National Black Theatre in Redfern was formed. And in saying that, there was a group of people already doing performances through um, street theatre and protests. But in uh, 1972, they sort of banded together and got a place in Regent Street, I believe, and National Black Theatre was formed. So I thought it was really important that we mark this time and space. And then plus looking next year is the 50th anniversary of the Opera House. So I thought it would be a beautiful way to mark Black Theatre and also 50 years of us on the stage here at the Opera House as well. That said, Redfern in the 1970s, very political charged place, uh, Bob Mazza was had come from Melbourne um, and moved to Sydney and had joined the group and Justine Saunders, Lillian Comby, people like Jack Charles, Gary Foley, Brian Siren, like all really major um, people in, in this space creating theatre at the time. 1972, I believe it was, when they um, did their first um, black comedy sitcom show too, basically black, the satire show. And they were sitting around talking and they could see they wanted to do this performance and it was, you know, quite driven by Bob Mazza, who'd come back from America and wanted the same for us here in Australia. So it was really sort of drawing on that American civil rights movement as well. Um, and they created Basically Black, which was for them really, you know, it was about them telling their stories, um, very powerful in what they did. And then in, in 1974, there was a play was written by Bob Merritt, who was actually incarcerated in jail at the time, called Cake Man, and he managed to um, smuggle it out and got it out to Bob Mazza, and they ended up putting that on here in Sydney, which was amazing. And he was actually, they got permission for him to come out of jail that night too and come to the performance. It's an amazing story. And he turned up with two prison guards and he was in handcuffs. And even in that moment, there was a, a form of protest because the performers said they weren't going to start the play until he was let out of the handcuffs. And it was actually after that show that they got a big lot of funding. They tried for funding before that, but I think they got a tiny little bit at one stage. But after that show, and they said um, it was packed that night and there were even people outside listening 
The National Black Theatre ran from 1972, but unfortunately it closed down in 1977 due to lack of funds and things like that. But, you know, look at all our performers now too. It was really a a boiling pot and a stepping stone where we could see ourselves in these spaces and people listen to us on stage. What kind of images can people expect to see at the Always Here exhibition? In those photographs that I've used, I think there's about nine or ten of them, they were actually came from an exhibition in 2012 that was curated by Tess Ellis. So I must um, acknowledge Tess too in, in the work she did. So, and that was put on at Carriage Works. So even that, you know, it's it's that full circle thing again. This is not just me. This is community. This is Tess Ellis's work. It's these performers' work. They're beautiful, striking portraits, some of them do. There's some photos of the cake man. There's some from the skits from basically Black. And basically Black, I mean, they, there was Aileen Corpus, Gary Foley, Zach Martin, Bob Mazza and Bindi Williams. I believe Aileen is still around Redfern and so is Bindi. So hopefully they'll they'll get down to see the exhibition at some stage. I'd love them to come and have a look. We've got the Opera House side. I've started that side of the exhibition off with an amazing portrait of a man called Ben Blakeney, Aboriginal man, standing on the sails of the Opera House at the actual opening of the Opera House. And he was employed at that time to play the part of Ben Along and stand on top of the sails. He had 18 seconds of a recording of him playing Ben Along and standing up there and welcoming people to the Opera House. The interesting thing about that is it was pre-recorded. It was only 18 seconds, so quite insignificant in the whole of the rest of the day. Ben had to rewrite the speech. I know he worked. It was written by somebody else, and he kept saying, no, that's not how we talk. But you look at it, I look at Ben Blake, and he was the first Aboriginal performer to play a part at the Opera House, right? He, he didn't play Ben Blakeney, he played Ben Along. He was probably actually the first performer, black or white. Then last year we had Zingy Ramo on top of the sails um, with his new reworked rendition of From Little Things, Big Strings Grow. Having Ben Blake playing Ben Along at the Sydney Opera House opening and then years later having Zingy Ramo on the sails, that must have felt absolutely unreal to be able to program that. Oh, it's got millions and millions of hits, right? And that's 49 years later from Ben Blakeney standing on those sails. That was a real moment for me when I saw Ben's experience to Ziggy's experience. And, you know, I think Ziggy's is eight minutes or something long, that video clip. Ben's was 18 seconds. Ben was pre-recorded and still directed by non-Indigenous people. Ziggy had full, you know, holding of his work up there on the sales. And I, I would love to get in touch with Ziggy actually and ask him, did he know about Ben? So almost 50 years later, and, and you look at that and you go, there is change. There is change for our voices and there's change for our voices within the Opera House too and it's remit. So Mere Mere is a work that's coming over in August. How did you first discover Rodney? So Rodney was really interesting. We had these APAM gatherings that happen where performers and producers all come together on this platform. It's usually face-to-face, but because of COVID, we've been doing it online. So you come together and people get to meet each other, pitch their shows, talk about shows and, and putting shows on. Aside from that, they have this beautiful space called Black Lounge where all us First Nations artists, performers, workers get to go and just have our yarn, have a yarn for an hour or two. And it can be about anything and everything. And that's where I first met Rodney was in the Black Lounge. And it was really interesting because he was this, he's this beautiful, he's got this beautiful presence about him, Rodney, and very thoughtful and 
beautiful storyteller and I'm thinking who is this guy amazing love him and then the next day I went along to a pitch for a show and it was actually Rodney's show because I'd met him in the Black Lounge and already could see what he was about I went I want that show yeah beautiful storyteller very giving in the way he presents his work um, and invites you into his space it works beautiful I mean it's it's layered it's compelling it's an autobiographical performance work it integrates documentary footage interviews movement dance music when I watched it, I said, I almost feel like I'm in a book watching Rodney in a book telling his story. The story comes from Rodney um, moving to California in 2007 to join Axis Dance Company as a principal dancer um, and toured all around um, 32 states, I think, until about 2012. And after finishing with Axis, um, he faced many challenges and ended up um, living homeless on the streets of San Francisco for a while. And so that's where the story sort of got created was thinking about his time as homeless on the streets of San Francisco so it's beautiful work but I also like Rodney's cultural aspect too he said it also came from he carved a metamedic for his cousin's 40th out of Blackwood and it took a long time and he talks about the journey and transformation of carving that piece of wood when he noticed the shavings he wanted to stop as his own memories of lost collided with the falling shavings were his exact words so came the story of Mary Mary. He looked back at his transformation on those streets. And I suppose even that time, being away from family, and being away from his culture. It goes up on the 25th of August, so 25th, 26th, 27th. Yeah, beautiful, amazing performance. I actually can't wait for the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of Canvas, Unframing Art and Ideas. Thank you to Bo James. Thank you for listening to another episode of Canvas, Unframing Art and Ideas. To find out more about the artist featured in this episode, scroll down to the show notes. This episode was brought to you by our fabulous team, executive producer Michelle Tsao, researcher Eleanor Zorowski, and me, your host, Aisha Ash. Our intro music was made by Jackie DeLacy. Canvas is an FBI radio podcast. If you like what you're listening to, hit subscribe, leave us a review, and share this podcast with someone you love. Check out our Instagram at canvas underscore FBI 94.5 for more great art content and show updates. Kia paitera, have a good day. Thank you.